0: And hello, welcome in, Thursday edition of the program, our last show of the week. It's been a light week because of some juggling around the station with derby coverage and live coverage from Churchill Downs, but glad to be with you, and uh, this will wrap it up for the week today. I hope you got your derby pick. Uh, I haven't even looked at the horses. I couldn't tell you anything about it so far, but I will do a quick study tomorrow and uh, be in the game on Saturday, always a lot of fun for the derby. But uh, glad to be with you today to talk IU basketball, local sports here in southern Indiana, and more as we do each weekday at 11 a.m. So thank you so much for being with us. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Tam in New Albany. Segment one, news, notes, headlines of the day. And Hunter Dickinson thought he was going to make his decision yesterday. He did not. But just before we came on, he has announced where he will go to school leaving Michigan, not staying in the Big Ten Conference, as was a possibility at Maryland. Uh, We'll tell you where he's going here in just a second. And other headlines today, some good, lots of activity. I won't say good news just yet, but lots of activity with recruiting for Indiana. So we'll talk about that here in the opening segment. Later in the show, it's Thursday, so Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is always with me. We talk IU hoops, and there's a lot to dig into Xavier Johnson is back. Indiana still searching through the transfer portal. A couple new pickups this offseason. Roster for next season. Schedule for next season. And continued watching of what's going on with the transfer portal We'll cover those topics and more with Alex when he's with us today. Our chat with Alex brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. And so Alex will join us here after the commercial break coming up about midway through the show. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. Love to hear from you. Do you have a Derby pick? You want to tell me something about the Derby? You got a question for Alex on IU? Whatever it may be, you can text the show, 502-414-1450. Again, 502 414 fourteen fifty. That is the Thornton's text line. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all thirty-two ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the number, 502-414-1450, send us a text. We'll read it on the air. We'll use it as a question, a topic in the show today. Also, the uh, Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. It's available. A lot of Southern Indiana courses on the card once again this year. This year's card features Park Mammoth, Old Capitol Golf Club, Elk Run Valley View, Wooded View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2023 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. Supply is limited, so make sure you get yours today. BigXSportsRadio.com is the website, or you can call 812 725 1457. Again, 812 725 1457. Hunter Dickinson, as we get into our headlines and open this first segment, I thought just reading tea leaves, nobody really said this but I felt like he was going to go to Kentucky, leave Michigan, not stay in the big 10, not go to Maryland, not go to Kansas. I felt like just a gut feeling I had yesterday. He would go to Kentucky. He did not. In fact, I thought he was going to commit yesterday. He did not, but he did earlier this morning, about an hour, really less than an hour ago. He committed to Kansas Dickinson, the number one overall player in the college tr- uh, basketball transfer portal this off season. Committed to Kansas, 7'1", 260-pound center. Obviously, Indiana fans know him well, the talent that he has. Big loss for Michigan. Big loss for the Big Ten Conference. I'm sure Mike Woodson and all the other coaches in the 14 teams that make up the Big Ten are celebrating. They don't have to prepare to play against, I guess, 13 other teams than Michigan. They don't have to prepare to go against Hunter Dickinson next season. He picked uh, Kansas over Georgetown, Kentucky, Maryland, Villanova, and he had also mentioned a potential return to Michigan. So a big get for Kansas. Huge pickup for Kansas, and he announced all this on a podcast that he released a little bit earlier today. So Hunter Dickinson, off the board, he's going to Kansas. He will not be in the Big Ten Conference next season. Also, some interesting recruiting news. First and foremost, don't forget that McKenzie Mbako, the decommitment from Duke, he is going to be on campus in Bloomington this weekend. He is taking an official visit to visit with coaches and see the campus. And Indiana, one of a handful of schools involved for a really big potential pickup here out of the, I don't want to call it the transfer portal, but really late recruiting in the 2023 class. So that is first and foremost for IU. Six-foot-eight uh from New Jersey will be on campus this weekend. IU's opportunity to sell him. He's expected to take other visits, St. John's, others involved with him as well. So far from being a lock for the Hoosiers. In fact, Kansas also involved for Mbako Louisville, very involved for him as well. Very athletic forward, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But definitely a big weekend for IU to have him on campus. That's the biggest news as we head into the weekend here. Also, four-star in 2024, so a guy that's going to be a senior next year, uh, next school year. Patrick, I guess it's Gongba. Uh, so many crazy last names in recruiting right now for Indiana. But Patrick, we'll call it Gongba second. Uh, he received an IU scholarship offer yesterday. Uh, he is a six-foot-ten, 215-pound player. He plays for Fairfax, Virginia, Paul the VI Six Catholic High School, and plays with the Team Takeover program on the Nike EYBL circuit. Kenya Hunter has great connections over the years. To both Team Takeover, which has produced so many great players out of that Nike circuit, and also he's got connections to his high school there in Fairfax, Virginia, as well. So that's the big connection for Indiana. Uh, Gongba currently ranked 89th in the 2024 class. He's a center uh, and uh, the number 16 player, uh, number 16th uh, ranked center. Uh, in the class of 2024, uh, has offers from Indiana, Kansas uh, State, Georgetown, Iowa, Syracuse, George Mason, Howard, North Texas, Radford, and several other schools. So he is an interesting prospect, someone that has seen his recruiting take off. Indiana, uh, Kansas State, Georgetown, Iowa, Syracuse, some of the bigger schools that have jumped in on him. A whole bunch of mid majors have been on have been recruiting him heavily for a while now, so he is an interesting name to follow. Another one to add to the long list that grows this time of year in the spring. Once coaches have a chance to get out on the road, that list of targets definitely for Indiana expands and grows. And Ngongba, the uh, most recent name to be on that list, also another name, Jonathan Powell. This he's got kind of got another connection to Indiana because he played high school basketball with Gabe Cups over in Ohio. He's a four-star shooting guard, also in the 2024 class. He announced a few days ago his top six schools, uh, and really until they get down to five or less or three or less, it, to me it's not that big a deal, but top six schools for him, Indiana made the cut, Michigan State, Xavier, Ohio State, Clemson, and Virginia Tech. And again, he played with Gabe Cups for a few seasons at Centerville High School. Powell is a six-foot-six shooting guard and a four-star recruit, number 98 overall in the 2024 class, according to the 247 Composite. So, there you go. A couple more names for the radar in 2024 as that list of uh, targets for Indiana definitely continues to grow. One announcement yesterday on the IU roster for next season. Uh, the IU men's basketball roster gained a player yesterday, but it's not necessarily a huge announcement or a huge news item. But Ian Stevens is going to be a walk-on for Indiana next year. Stevens is a six-foot-six forward. He played high school basketball at New Palestine here in Indiana and uh, is the newest walk-on on the IU ro- r- roster. He posted it on his social media account yesterday. He said, quote, thank you to Jordan Halls, and the rest of the IU staff for giving me this opportunity. Looks like he had some low-level college offers. Indiana Tech uh, was one of those NAIA-level school uh, and kind of a a player that maybe was a solid high school player, 7.8 rebounds per game, 15 points a game for New Powell last season. Had a whole bunch of postseason honors after his uh, high school career came to an end. So, definitely somebody that you've got to believe is being brought in as a practice player uh, to be quite honest I mean I don't think we expect uh, him to see uh, really any walk-on in these days to see much opportunity you know there used to be a time when walk-ons and I guess it still happens occasionally but there used to be a time when walk-ons could get us an opportunity could break through it might take them a while and may happen because of some dire circumstances, because of transfers or injuries or who knows what happens, but you don't see it, at least at Indiana, as much anymore, where a walk-on even really gets a sniff at any legitimate playing time or any legitimate role on the team. But uh, definitely interesting to see Indiana add a player. Ian Stevens is the na- newest name that will be on the IU roster for next season. Also, this is good academic news for IU basketball. Uh, after uh, uh, a season, I guess uh, you know, t- thinking. Let me get this straight. Back to the Kelvin Sampson years, and even some of the Tom Crean time. Uh, that there were some questionable years when it came to academics in the IU basketball program. But for a number of years now, Indiana has done really well with the APR score. In fact, the Hoosiers, it was announced, earned a perfect 1,000 APR score, which goes back to the 21-22 academic year. That's the most recent data that's been released. It's kind of, a, I guess, a year or so behind. uh, And the program's current four-year average is a perfect – 1,000. So you could say Indiana batting 1,000 with the APR score right now. That's really good for Indiana and really good for their standing in college basketball, really in college sports all the way around. And you hope that when a year from now we get to that point for this past season's team and that data is announced, that they are able to keep that score. But that is very impressive to have not just a one year score of 1,000, but a four year average of 1,000 when it comes to your APR uh, score that's tallied by the NCAA. Also, IU football picked up a transfer. Robbie Harrison is his name. He committed to Indiana from Arizona State. He's a defensive lineman and 6'4", 325 pounds, 32nd commit for IU in the 2023 recruiting class and the 18th edition this offseason season from the transfer portal. So he was in Indiana this past weekend for a visit. He's from South Carolina, and he is the newest addition to the IU football program uh, for next season. Also, Churchill Downs, the Derby, it's the center of the universe right now as far as sports from a local perspective go. I told you I couldn't even name a Derby horse uh, or a, yet alone a favorite at this point. But one headline that is really Stood out in not a positive light this week is the number of horse fatalities this week. And I guess going into late last week, since there's been so much activity, training, races, racing this week as well. Uh, of course, still a number of days. You've got races Thursday. It's Thurby. Friday's the Oaks Day. Saturday, Derby. But a number of deaths. I think it was up to six horses Perhaps uh, that have, have passed away or been euthanized uh, because of accidents. Just that's really not good news for the horse racing industry on such a big week. It just I was looking at a couple websites today before the show, and it's really just kind of dominated the news coverage. To be quite honest, so let's hope that we can make it through the week with no more of those uh, at Churchill Downs. Always sad. To see that, especially if you're at a race in person. Gosh, it's a terrible thing. But uh, Derby coming up, and uh, hope you get your picks. hope you win some money. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Alex Bozich is next. Our chat with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture So stay with us for that. A lot of IU basketball chatter still ahead. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective.
1: You know, most people would kill
0: to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with us. And our chat with Alex is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany. And, of course, their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, we're in the time of year where between the transfer portal, and recruiting targets. It's hard to keep up with all the names that Indiana has offered or contacted or is involved with, but right now the Hoosiers, and we don't know how any of this is going to go, but right now the Hoosiers are involved with a number of big-name prospects.
1: Yeah, there's uh, a lot of moving pieces, obviously, Matt, with the uh, two April evaluation periods now uh, in the rearview mirror. Uh, kind of a, a better focus in terms of who Indiana is targeting in the 2024 class. And then obviously with the transfer portal, uh, it's, it's been a little quiet. Um, I think maybe part of that has to do with the fact that a lot of places right now, it's, it's finals week. I know in Bloomington it is. And uh, I'm sure other places, uh, schools around the country, kind of the same thing. So we've got one week exactly from today Uh, when the transfer portal closes for uh, undergraduate uh, players to enter. It's already closed for for grad transfers. So it's, uh, you know, we kind of had that early rush in in March of a bunch of guys uh, entering uh, the portal. Uh, And then we had a a couple other ways where it seemed like there was a lot going on. But kind of hit a little bit of a lull, I suspect. Uh, In the next week or so here, we'll probably see some more uh, portal entries in Indiana with two scholarships open for next season, uh, all indications are they want to fill both of those spots, but still a lot of uncertainty as to uh, which direction uh, they're going to go. Obviously, uh, the Penn transfer um, uh, Dingle has been talked a lot about as a potential name, but I think it's pretty early in the process uh, with him in terms of uh, picking visits and which schools he wants to visit. You also have to remember, he's in the, he's also under his name into the NBA draft, so uh, it's like I said, a lot of moving parts right now, and uh, I, I know fans are are anxious and, and wondering what the roster is going to look like uh, for next season. But I, you know, I, I've kind of we've kind of gone back and forth and talking about this, Matt. But I've kind of been of the belief that it may be the end of the month before we have a full clear picture of what Indiana's roster looks like for next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, the pin transfer Dingle he has received. I think a lot of interest from Indiana fans. He's such a big name guy that is proven at the mid-major level. We know that Indiana was one of the first schools to reach out with him when he entered the portal. But has there been any progress or any updates since then?
1: I've not heard anything um, in terms of what can you know what, what's been out there publicly. Um, it's my understanding that, um, like I said, it's it's that's a pretty serious academic school and I think there's probably some academic things that need to get finished up there before he would uh, be willing to start taking visits so I suspect uh, here next week maybe the week after we start to hear some some rumblings in terms of visits Um, but I've not heard of anything being uh, scheduled uh, to this point in terms of a visit obviously um, Indiana's uh, scheduled to have uh, McKenzie and Baco on, on campus this weekend um, for a visit. He, of course, is the uh, the elite prospect that originally signed with Duke and chose to reopen his recruitment. Has already visited uh, St. John's, in Kansas, Indiana. I think Louisville also in the mix. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. But um, you know, in terms of Dingle uh, specifically, have not heard it. Heard it or seen really anything reported in terms of visits. And, and my understanding is is that has something to do with the fact that uh, it's kind of finals week and they're trying to, to wrap things up from that perspective before they do anything else.
0: Alex Bozic, inside the hall, my guest. Uh, big visitor on campus this weekend as well, Mackenzie Mbako, who decommitted from Duke. Uh, what a late pickup he would be for IU or any of the programs that he is considering but uh, that uh, that is a big name guy to have here in the spring, and a guy that could be added to your roster for next season.
1: Yeah, Indiana's kind of been the beneficiary of these type of situations the last two years. Remember, two years ago was uh, Tamar Bates, you know, decommitting from from Texas after a coaching change, and then last spring you had uh, Malik Renu, uh reopening things after Florida coach Mike White left for Georgia. And so uh, you, you kind of wonder, is this a situation where Indiana kind of knows knows the lay of the land and is able to, to close again on another uh, elite prospect? It would be a, a huge boost uh, to next season's roster. I think the main selling point that Indiana has is uh, there's a lot of shots available and there's a lot of opportunity available uh, to whomever uh, comes in and can throw one of those wing spots, and, and Baco, you know, he's a guy at six foot eight, but he's, uh, you read scouting reports on him and you watch video, he looks like a really good shooter and a guy who can bring a lot uh, scoring from the wing. He's almost the perfect fit for what Indiana's looking for. But obviously there's stiff competition uh, to get him. Uh, and you also wonder today, with today's news that Hunter Dickinson is going to be headed to Kansas, does that make the Jayhawks a more attractive um, landing spot for him or maybe a less attractive uh, landing spot? Who knows? I mean, he's... His recruitment has been played really close to the to the vest. It seems like his family wants to keep things uh, private. They've not really said anything at all publicly as they've gone through this process. So I, I get the suspicion that he's going to take his visit and then uh, probably make an announcement uh, here in the next couple of weeks via social media or maybe uh, you know privately to, to, uh, to somebody. But it doesn't seem like this is a process that's going to be played out uh, publicly in any way.
0: Alex Bosich inside the hall. I was headed to ask you about Dickinson next. Uh, thought maybe early on there was a chance he stayed in the conference and went to Maryland. Then I just had a gut feeling he might end up at UK. little surprised this morning to see his decision to go to Kansas. But a, a good loss from the Big Ten if you're Mike Woodson or other head coaches. I'd say only Coach Howard at
1: Michigan is a little depressed today. Yeah, well, Indiana can't escape him completely, though, because the Hoosiers have to play Kansas next year. December 16th, Hunter Dickinson will be back in Assembly Hall, a place that he's uh, very familiar with. But uh, for Kansas, that's a a really good pickup. And, you know, in terms of big men in the Big Ten, uh, he was right up there near the top of the list, obviously, Edie and and Trace Jackson-Davis had great years last year, but it wasn't always that way. I mean, going into the season, I think a lot of people thought Hunter Dickinson was the best big man in the Big Ten. He still had a really good year. Uh, he's a polarizing player just because of kind of how he carries himself and his attitude on the court, but you can't deny his production. He's a guy that out of high school could have gone anywhere. I mean, Duke really wanted him and he was a very productive player at Michigan. So that's a great pickup uh, for Kansas. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, I'm sure Big Ten uh, coaches are Glad to have him out of the league, but Indiana, as I said, will definitely have to face him next season in Assembly Hall, which should be fun.
0: Talking with Alex Bogic of Inside the Hall, this segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, we, we know Xavier Johnson is back for the Hoosiers. That's big, I think, in multiple ways. We also know that there still is a need for more guard help for Xavier Johnson next year, fans hoping that the portal produces maybe a late decision here where indiana can pick up some help in that category but when you look at the roster next year next season now that we know who's back and we are still awaiting some other decisions from recruiting and the portal is it just clear that guard play and shooting is the overall need is there anything else you would add to that concern list for
1: iu next season I mean, just in general, I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's shooting. I think in in scoring in general from the wing and then also defense and athleticism from the wing, Um, you know, I I put together a piece, uh, you know, we were finished with our player wrap-ups, but now we've kind of moved on to the team offense and the team defense on the site today, and I looked through the, the team defense, and Mike Woodson, looking, you know, after his first season, they lost to St. Mary's in the tournament, he talked about the need to get more athletic on the wing and the need to, to to be able to defend better on the wing. And that wasn't something they really addressed before last season. Um, and their defense, you know, once Xavier Johnson went out last year, kind of struggled as a result. So I would say the biggest thing that that I'm looking at is not just offense and scoring from the wing. I think it's also getting becoming more athletic at the guard and the wing positions. And I think if, you know, That's one reason why they went out and got a guy like Anthony Walker to kind of help with the floor defensively. He's a little bit better athlete. We saw in that Miami game, it just looked like Miami's athleticism was on a completely different level uh, than Indiana. So kind of circling back to your question, I would say, you know, they obviously, to me, they need a wing and they need a guard, um, maybe two. um, And they need to be guys who are, you know, above average Athletes. I mean, that might be asking a lot right now at this stage of the portal, but realistically, when you look at it, you know, they, they just have to get better um, from an athleticism standpoint and, and get longer guys who can defend and be disruptive on the wings.
0: Talking IU basketball with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall today. Alex, other offseason topics that we're following, obviously, is when the kids or when I should say this, the players return because school's going to be over soon. And mm-hmm. we know that with Cliff Marshall and in every Division One program, the offseason is such a big time for development, both in uh, basketball skills, but also strength and conditioning and preparation for next year. Is there really a summer anymore for an IU basketball player? Do they ever really get away from campus for any sizable amount of time or once school, and I think school is basically over this week, if not already for some at IU, uh, do they ever get that kind of summer break anymore if you're a Division One athlete, specifically basketball?
1: I think coming up here is the best opportunity for a break, really, when you look at it, because you know, obviously the season ends and then spring workouts begin pretty pretty quickly after that and kind of go through the end of the semester. And, that, and now that the semester is ending you know, tomorrow in Bloomington, I think you'll see some of the, the there'll be probably uh, over the years there have been some guys who have not went home. They've stayed on campus and kind of. Kept, tra- kept training, but I think the preference for most is to get home for a couple weeks and visit with family and do some things, maybe take a vacation or do something like, like, like that, um, something they haven't really had a chance to do now since uh, probably this time last year uh, or last August. Usually that's kind of the, the the periods where you have a break is right before uh, the summer begins and then after the summer ends, before the fall semester Uh, starts up really uh, it's non-stop other than that because once the summer starts you'll have the freshmen getting on campus and any newcomers in terms of uh, transfers who are coming in also the returning players come back and most guys are taking summer school they're doing summer workouts and that goes pretty much uh through the end of july into early august i think and then there's a, a break for a couple weeks and then the fall semester starts and guys are on campus and fall workouts will begin and then before you know it it'll be uh, the end of September uh, and practice will begin. So, you know, it really is a, you know, not, not a job, obviously, but it, being a college athlete at that level, I mean, there's only a couple weeks of the year where you're off and kind of can go do your own thing. Obviously, there's a little time probably at the holidays and Christmas, but other than that, it's pretty much a 365 day a year commitment to, uh, to play at that level.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. Other IU news we learned about yesterday, IU adding a walk-on to its roster, Ian Stevens. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling these days walk-ons don't maybe get the opportunities that – occasionally you can recall a walk-on from the past might receive. Uh, I don't know if they're just being brought in as practice players or if there is so much talent in the way things work with the transfer portal, there's not that opportunity for someone to carve a niche. But Ian Stevens, an in-state kid, is going to join the roster for next season. I think IU fans that are diehards are always glad to know who's on the roster and welcome any addition. But walk-ons these days, it's it's like you enter a situation knowing you're never going to get an opportunity to really play any meaningful minutes for, for a team, at least at high-major Division One basketball.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'll have your exceptions to the rule over the years. I can remember different walk-ons who have come on and played a role at different times um, at, at Indiana. But, yeah, I mean, there's 13 scholarship players, so if you're having to play walk-ons, either you've got a lot of injuries or uh, something's gone terribly wrong, that's no – Knock on the guys who choose to walk on and get an opportunity, but uh, the thing about that is they also put in the same commitment as the scholarship players, and they're for the most part paying their own way. I think that's one really great thing about NIL in general in college athletics. Hopefully, some of these uh, walk-on players are able to get some money to kind of help pay for their school because they're they're putting in the same time as everybody else. And uh, you know, this year uh, one of Indiana's walk-ons, Nathan Childress, graduated, and he chose to grad transfer. Uh, to Indiana Wesley and give himself a chance to play for his last year of eligibility. So that's you know kind of a I think a unique uh, opportunity uh, to play at a, a school like Indiana for four years, be a part of the program, obviously go to a couple NCAA tournaments, and then have a chance to to move down to a level like Indiana Wesley and have a chance to play uh, for his co- final year of eligibility. I think that's a pretty cool thing that you know he'll be able to remember obviously following his time at Indiana, but then also having the opportunity. Uh, to play at Indiana and I think will be something he'll he'll be grateful for and happy he did in the long term.
0: Yeah, got to be a tough decision. Do you stay with the fandom of IU basketball for another year and enjoy that and play a I guess a practice role in that, or do you try to get somewhere where you could actually contribute and play and and uh, especially your senior year? So that's interesting, Alex. One other thing that is curious uh, right now: the schedule for next season. We learned last week that Indiana and Auburn are going to play a game down in Atlanta some really interesting additions to IU's schedule over the last few years, especially since Coach Woodson has been uh, the head man. What could be next for Indiana when you look at non-conference games and you compare it to recent years? I know that Indiana's non-conference schedule this past year was extremely uh, solid, but are are we expecting more big games, big announcements, or do we kind of know the big ones for Indiana in the non-conference at this point?
1: I feel like we know pretty much the, the big games. I mentioned earlier in this discussion, Kansas at home, that's going to be on December 16th, uh, Auburn in Atlanta on December 9th. So you got two straight weekends there with big-time non-conference games. Indiana is also in the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden uh, in November. Uh, they'll play two games. The other three teams in that event, the, the opponents aren't set, but UConn, the defending national champion, Texas, who's going to be uh, good again, and then Louisville. Who's going to be hoping to kind of get uh, back on its feet in year two of the Kenny Payne era. So Indiana will play two of those three teams. So you, right there, Matt, you've got four high major games uh, off the bat and there's also probably a good chance that Indiana is going to play in the Gavit games because it seems like that's getting expanded this year with the, uh, the fact that the ACC Big Ten Challenge is going away. Uh, I don't know that everybody realizes the, the, the fact that you know, since ESPN is now out of the, the rights uh, to the Big Ten, they'll no longer uh, be participating in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So that thing's completely gone. So I think if Indiana's in the Gavit games and you toss that in with the Empire Classic, those two games, Auburn and Kansas, I think from a non-conference uh, perspective, they're pretty well set on marquee games. I would expect the rest of the non-conference schedule to be filled out with, you know, the games that we typically see at played at home that you know fill up six or seven dates on your schedule of the so-called buy games or guarantee games where you're scheduling an opponent with no guarantee that they come back and play a game at your place uh, i think one of those has already been announced uh, for indiana next year they're going to play harvard so probably six or seven more of those coming and i think the thing you have to do from a strategic standpoint when you schedule those games you have to find teams that you know you can beat but also aren't going to kill you from a you know a computer numbers perspective you don't want to play the 355th best team in the country you want to play the you know 225th best team in the country it's kind of hard to figure that out that stuff out too right now uh, when you're scheduling these games so far in advance because you don't know with the transfer portal who's going to be on each team and kind of how uh, these teams are going to look in their conference play so that's kind of a you know an important job for whoever's identifying the games you want to play and trying to find opponents because other schools are also trying to target those teams that they think are, you know, beatable but also not gonna drag your numbers down from a computer perspective.
0: Alex have a text here said please ask Alex his thoughts on the newest IU player, Anthony Walker from, from Miami. I don't think we've had you on since his commitment. Your thoughts on uh, his decision to be a Hoosier after four years at Miami.
1: I think it's a fine pickup from a depth perspective. I mean go back and watch the Indiana Miami game. Uh, he got in that game and, and did some things. He also did some things that, against Houston in the Sweet 16. So he's obviously a player that's played at the highest level. He's a part of an ACC regular season championship team last year for Miami. He's an athletic guy. I think, you know, I, he's coming in to, to fill a role, which is probably likely to be a backup at the four. Uh, I would expect Malik Renu and uh, Khalil Ware to start in the front court, and then you can have, you know, Anthony Walker and uh, – Peyton Sparks as as backups in the front court. So I think it's a fine pickup. I think people sometimes kind of dwell too much on, you know, numbers at a previous spot. He's going to be a role player uh, to me, kind of looking at um, his, how he plays and his athleticism and his experience. And he's, he's a grown man in terms of his physicality. And he's probably going to fill a similar role to what we saw with Jordan Geronimo, but hopefully Uh, be able to do it with more consistency so i think it's a fine pickup um i wouldn't want to be relying on him as obviously a starter or somebody that's going to play 25 30 minutes a game but i think he's going to come in with the right mindset and probably be a guy that's you know playing 10 12 minutes a game maybe 15 and giving you solid uh, production off the bench
0: Alex, as we've had a chance now to see Coach Woodson in action both on the court as a coach and in his recruiting and transfer uh, portal styles as far as who he's after, what have you learned about who Mike Woodson is as a college basketball coach and maybe some of the uh, tendencies or types of players that he prefers
1: over others? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Matt. I think a really good question that Um, we may not have a full picture on because the first two years of Mike Woodson's tenure in Bloomington, and this is obviously what he should have done because he was one of the best players in the country, but he had to build his whole team around Trace Jackson Davis. From day one, he took the job. He tried to get Trace to come back for his junior season. Then he obviously wanted him back for another year, and Trace was super productive. But um, Mike Woodson, if you ask him about it, he'll tell you that this is really the first time in his career as a coach that he had a team built around a big man, and Indiana was super dependent on Trace on Jackson Davis uh, the last couple of years, as they should be, but now I think the focus is going to shift a little bit more to perimeter and wing play and hopefully taking a couple more three-pointers. I think that's something that fans uh, kind of want to see, uh, a more exciting style of play where you're taking and making more threes, but I think we'll learn really a lot about Mike Woodson this next season in terms of the style of play he's not going to have a big man that they just throw the ball into the post every time down the court uh, like he did the first two years but you know I think for the most part he's done a really good job of just bringing stability to the program you look at what happened under Archie Miller not making the tournament at all the end of the Tom Crane era where he couldn't really string together back to back seasons and making the tournament I think for where Indiana is as a program right now to come in as the first time college coach and make the NCAA tournament back-to-back seasons. I think the biggest thing you can say about what's is he's brought stability and kind of, uh, you know, a good base uh, for Indiana to grow from. I think the next step now is, you know, make the tournament again next year and try to get some momentum in recruiting and and get some better talent, particularly on the wings and in the backcourt.
0: Alex Bozak inside the hall with us Thursdays on the show. Alex, a derby pick. I know your dad has been at the uh, track a number of days this week and we'll be there through the weekend do you pay any attention to the derby and do you have a derby pick matt
1: you would have to give me the <laughs> list of the horses that are in the race for me in order for me to give you a pick i've been so dialed in on the transfer portal and uh earlier this week i was you know doing a ton of work on the recruiting board that we just put up on inside the hall so i've honestly have no idea who's going to be in the derby, but I, I guess I could just say just don't listen to whatever whoever my dad picks because typically he doesn't get it right, and he'll tell you that himself. So there you go. <laughs> All
0: right, great stuff. Alex Bozic, inside the hall. Alex, thank you. Yep, have a good one, Matt. Our chat with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% During their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, they've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. There you go. My pick right now as of this hour would be very similar to what Alex said. I need to see a list of the horses to be able to Make a guess because I uh, just haven't given it that much attention so far this week. I did see that the Belle Louisville won the steamboat race yesterday, which is always fun. Uh, somebody told me how expensive tickets were for that. That is unbelievable. I never would have guessed that. But anyhow, random Derby week notes. So we'll head to a break. We're back with our final segment. Again, it's our last program of the week because of some horse racing stuff at noon yesterday, noon tomorrow, we are not going to have a show tomorrow. So this uh, next segment will be it for us uh, headed into the weekend. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.